Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, January 4th, 2024. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, on Wednesday night, the day we're obviously recording this, I am heading down to the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts to check out the national tour of Aladdin. It is here in town for a shorter run than normal. Normally it's a Tuesday to Sunday, but I guess maybe because of the holiday, it is just a uh, Wednesday to Sunday. Also, this is a season add-on since we had it in our season a couple seasons ago, but I'm taking my nephew Joey with me for my press tickets on to, on Wednesday night. So looking forward to that. Joey, my sister, and I are coming up to New York in, next weekend, actually, uh, on the 13th for oh my the God. <laughs> MLK holiday weekend. We're going to do four shows in two days because... I'm planning it, so of course we are. Um, we're going to do that. If you follow me on social media, I posted the video of my nephew opening his series of New York-themed gifts to kind of figure out what was going on. I only posted a, a portion of it, but when he kind of put two and two together as to he was going to Broadway, or he was going to New York, he was going to see six on Broadway first, and then the other shows, he was freaking out. So check that out, but very much looking forward to that and uh, kind of experiencing that through his eyes, his first time in New York. So uh, should be a lot of fun. It'll be next weekend for, for, for a couple days, the uh, 13th through the 15th. All right, let's get into the news here, Grace. And we're going to start with something that while my nephew experiencing Broadway for the first time will warm my heart, something else that warms my heart. And this is the fact that we have a new star coming in to spam a lot at the St. James Theater. While we are always sad to see Michael Urie leave Broadway because I think he deserves to be on stage all the time, we are going to have a new Sir Robin coming to the show. And that is Mean Girls film star and Hallmark movie regular Jonathan Bennett. He is going to take over the role of Sir Robin beginning on January 23rd. Michael Urie will play his final performance on January 21st. I love the fact that like Jonathan Bennett is going to be on Broadway just a week after the Mean Girls movie musical is released in theater and still thriving in all things Hallmark. I think this is great. I have never heard him sing, I don't think. So I'm looking forward to this. And as you and I were texting about earlier in the day, Grace, with Spamalot extending tickets are now on sale into July. This was originally a, a, you know, a limited run. So people like a Taryn Killam, who we always knew was going to be leaving in January, but now Michael Yuri potentially has something else going on. There could be some opportunities for some more really interesting and fun casting because after a little bit of a slow start, this show has kind of turned the corner in terms of ticket sales. So bringing in some really fun folks, if they need to make replacements, really could be in the cards for Spamalot moving forward. Yeah, for sure. And another thing on the Spamalot front is that Ethan Slater posted today that he would be out for a couple of weeks. He'll be back on January 21st. Oh. Um, so you will you can catch David Josephsberg or Michael Fatica, um in that role, but he will also uh, be taking a leave for a moment. That's interesting. I wonder if he has to go back to England to film, to finish up some Wicked filming because the the strikes put an end to that. They were pretty close to being done from what I understand from an inside source. But maybe he has to go back and, and film some stuff there uh, just to wrap it up. But that's very interesting. And so, yeah, we knew that coming out of the strike that stars who work on both stage and screen would be pulled in a few different directions. But... You know, with extensions and stuff like that, it's very possible that we could see some stars dipping in and out of things and kind of adjusting schedules. But very happy for Jonathan Bennett. This will be his Broadway debut. And um, 
I'm excited. I probably won't get uh, get back to see it, but I will be living for all of the uh, social media content that I'm sure he will put out. And another really interesting and exciting development, Grace, this was actually announced on Tuesday. We didn't have a chance to talk about it on yesterday's show because of how busy we were with catching up with news. At this point, it's very rare to say that anything that Broadway does in terms of the ticketing uh, of shows is innovative. But I think this qualifies. It was announced on Tuesday that the Broadway premiere of Rob Madge's upcoming solo show, My Son's a Queer, But What Can You Do?, is going to do something that I don't think has ever been done on Broadway before. During its 16-week run at the Lyceum Theater, what they're going to do is that they're going to be doing an advanced lottery. So we all are very familiar with how lotteries work for shows in New York. Generally, you maybe get a day to a week ahead of time to enter the lottery. And if you get it, you will know that you can buy usually fairly discounted tickets. But it actually started on Tuesday. They are doing the lottery, and January 2nd through January 7th, fans can enter a special $24 lottery for one or two tickets for the performance of their choice between February 27th and March 11th. That is nearly two months to over two months in advance. This is an opportunity for people like me who do not live in New York, who want an opportunity to participate in uh, the cheap lottery tickets to be able to do that for a show that I think will will have a lot of people very interested, especially folks from outside or including folks from outside of New York City. So I think from an accessibility and uh, in a price point perspective, Grace, this is great, but also just for a convenience sake for folks outside of, of New York City, this is something that I hope a lot of shows see and try to emulate moving forward. Yeah, 100%. And I'm actually walking through it just to see like how exactly it goes through. So you kind of like log into social media to make it happen through telecharge for that lottery and rush. It's really cool. And then you can get rush tickets beginning at 11 a.m. the day of the performance as well. So it's a lot of the advanced stuff. But if you click on it, it's on their main website as well. Click to enter the advanced digital lottery. Um, It doesn't get to happen often. We talk about it, you know, a lot on the show about how these things are really tedious and hard to um, always figure out because there's no one way that every single Broadway show is ticketed. So um, it's exciting that Telecharge was able to make this happen with the uh, the the company of the show. So um, hats off to them. And I can't wait to see how it works because uh, I think it is going to help a lot of the younger audience members, most likely, who are huge fans of Rob's work on TikTok are those people that are probably also going to want to be able to take advantage of that uh, advanced ticket lottery. All right, let's stick in the ticketing realm of things, Grace, and talk about last week's Broadway grosses. And because it was the week between Christmas and New Year, it was the biggest week of Broadway the entire year. It was not a record-setting week in terms of the total grosses. In fact, that happened back in 2018. But there was some pretty historic things happening on Broadway last week, and we'll talk about that here in a second. But overall, still a flat 27 shows running on Broadway last week. It grossed $12 million more than it had the previous week to come in at $45,413,789. Attendance was up 30,000 people to $256,751, the average ticket price was $176.88. Now, the historic part of this whole thing, Grace, is that in all of Broadway history, prior to last week, only two shows had ever grossed more than $4 million. That was 
one week of Hamilton. That was just an eight week show at the end of 2018. And then Lion King at the beginning of 2023, it actually ended on January 1st of 2023, had a nine show week and it grossed not uh, grossed over four million dollars. Well, two shows last week grossed more than $4 million. Admittedly, both of them played nine performances thanks to the special dispensation that Equity gives shows to do around the holidays. But Lion King led the way at $4,316,629. Wicked was at $4,003,323, which is absolutely astounding. From there... There were a number of shows that played uh, above $2 million, and I'll run through those. But in total, 20 of the 27 shows grossed more than a $1 million. The ones north of $2 million were Aladdin, Cursed Child, MJ, Hamilton, Sweeney Todd, just in seven. So it did $2.26 million in just seven, which is nuts. And then Back to the Future, Merrily We Roll Along was just on the outside of $2 million. Moulin Rouge, and Juliet, Six, Book of Mormon, Spamalot, Chicago, Some Like It Hot, Gutenberg, A Beautiful Noise, Hadestown, and Shucked were all north of seven figures as well. And as always, Grace, when we talk about this, it's important to remember that shows are not like bringing in more people. They might be increasing capacity, but they're not adding seats. So when we talk about gross records, that often has to do with the fact that ticket prices are higher. So I just want to caveat that, especially with those $4 million. But I do want to point out that shows like Some Like It Hot and I Need That, both of which wrapped up their runs last week, had their best weeks during their entire run, which is a good thing. I'm happy that they ended on a high note. In fact, I Need That over at the American Airlines Theater had the highest grossing show ever at the Roundabout Theater Company-owned American Airlines Theater at $905,467. It's a small venue, generally a play venue. So that's a good thing as well. Um, overall, I'm always a little icky about talking about the how high these prices are for a lot of shows. But in terms of the overall attendance, there were many, many shows that were over 100% capacity, which is always very, very good. And as you know, from the business side, Grace, these weeks often f- keep shows afloat during quieter weeks. So uh, at least happy about that from a business perspective. Yeah, that's the thing. I think we often forget like these mainstay shows are also what helps keep the other shows alive, right? Because if people are in town and mm-hmm. they're seeing, they're bringing their whole family, you know, to see the Lion King, that's right. You know, you, you pop out and then maybe they go see Sweeney Todd uh, with, you know, a date night or something, you know, for now. So it's really important. And it's, it's a, it's a hopeful sign. We know that there's so much happening in the spring. We know that this is a very, very difficult time um, historically, not just like right now for most shows that are brand new on the street. So we're keeping an eye on all of those things as well. All right, let's get into some show and casting news, Grace. And this one is very uh, interesting. A show that I don't think I had heard much about, if anything at all. But yesterday we got additional casting for the off-Broadway production of Cole Escola's musical, Oh Mary, in the show. Comedian and actor Escola will play uh, Mary Todd Lincoln, the widow of Abraham Lincoln. 
And yesterday it was announced that the one and only Conrad Rickamora will be playing Abraham Lincoln. The show will begin performances on January 26th at the Lucille Lortel Theater. It is currently being scheduled as a limited eight-week engagement through March 24th. The show will be directed by Sam Pinkleton, and uh, we have the rest of the cast in the show notes if you want to check that out. But the show notes state, quote, that uh, Scola plays a miserable, suffocated Mary Todd Lincoln in the weeks leading up to Abraham Lincoln's assassination. Unrequited yearning, alcoholism, and suppressed desires abound in this one-act play that finally examines the forgotten life and dreams of Mrs. Lincoln. I love this for Conrad Rickamora, Grace, because we've seen him do some fairly straightforward, really good musical work in the past few years with Soft Power, Little Shop, Here Lies Love, but I'm I'm itching to see him do something that's a little bit more off the wall, a little bit. He's something funny. That is, exactly. Like he's very funny. If you ever watched how to get away with murder, which was a show about like, well, murder and it happening quite a bit. He was often a little bit of the comedic relief. So like, I thought that was great. And to see him do something a little kooky, I think is, is awesome. It's much, it's much needed in his career. Well, also Jake Scully, um, I'm not sure, uh, you know, he's part mm-hmm. of that as well, that um, first of all, he's <laughs> he's one of my friend's best friends. It's very interesting. They met in theater school. He is super fun and funny, but all of them were in Fire Island. And we forget that little like Bowen Yang, Matt Rogers, like group of like New York comedians all know and love each other. And it doesn't surprise me at all that these two people are also being introduced to the Cola Scola world of comedy. So it, it makes 100% sense. Like it's on track. Um, and I think this is also brought to you by Mark and Carly Productions, Mike and Carly Productions, who do most of the solo shows that are off Broadway in that like Cherry Lane, Connolly Theater kind of esque, you know, cavalcade. So this being at the Lucille Lortel, it just, it 100% all of it is like tracking for me. And I cannot wait to see the show. Yeah, James Scully plays Mary's teacher, and it is produced by Kevin McCollum and Lucy McMahon, as well as Mike Lavoy and Carly Briglia, who you mentioned is there. So very cool there. All right. Another show that we got information on and it's off Broadway run yesterday is a sign of the times. We had previously talked about this new 60s jukebox musical um, that has songs by like Petula Clark and Leslie Gore and Dusty Springfield was going to be running at New World Stages and it was going to be produced by the York Theatre Company from February 7th through March 3rd. That is still happening. But starting on March 4th, it is transitioning from the York Theatre production to a commercial run. The cast, everything will stay the exact same, obviously, since it is just going from one day to the next, one week to the next. But I thought I think it's very interesting that even before performances have started, a month before performances have started, they've already decided to just keep things going at New World stages and go from a not-for-profit run to a commercial run right away. Two real quick stories here, Grace. Um, as we've talked about before, uh, waitress has already kind of been uh, available for pre-order on uh, video on demand services. The live capture that was playing in movie theaters last week. We now know that it will be available to own on January 9th, which is next Tuesday. You can get it on prime video, Apple TV, any of those premium video on demand services, wherever you can buy and rent movies. This will be available next week. And then finally, this is something that came out over the holidays, Grace, and in an interview with Vogue, film star Glenn Powell was doing press for his new movie with Sidney Sweeney called Anyone But You. 
But apparently the conversation turned to his relationship with Ryan Murphy. He starred in Ryan Murphy's TV show Scream Queens. But apparently they're working on something else. And here's the quote from Glenn Powell, who said, quote, Ryan Murphy and I were actually making a musical together. We don't really have any plans to be back in the television world together, but we'll be on Broadway together. There were no other details in there. Uh, he didn't really give any other information as to what that would be. We know that Ryan Murphy has produced shows on Broadway before. He at one point owned the the Broadway rights to do Funny Girl and was going to do them with Leah Michelle. That didn't happen. Leah Michelle came in and with a different production. But I didn't really know Glenn Powell could sing. Maybe he can't. I don't know. But this is interesting. Do you have you heard anything around the street, so to speak, Grace, about Glenn Powell coming to Broadway in a musical? No, but he can. He can. He can. He can. He can do that. He can do whatever he wants. <laughs> okay. I think you speak for many, many women and men uh, across the globe uh, with that desire. I don't even care about seeing this man shirtless. I'll just say it. I think he is adorable and funny. And I was obsessed with Scream Queens to an insane degree. So the fact that him and Ryan Murphy potentially could be bringing something to Broadway, it could be dog shit. I would see it. I can't wait. Like, can you imagine if you worked on it and had to do like some sort of activation no. with Glenn Powell? I'd be ill. I've had, I, listen, listen, Michael Imperioli, as I've said many times, Michael Imperioli, me. I <laughs> cannot wait for them to be an enemy of the people. Him and Jeremy Strong, it's, I, I'm it, once again speechless. There's just some things that I have to be mindful of. I have to be tactful. I have to be careful. Um, and that would be one of them. So I'm ready. Fair enough. All right, real quick, some union and labor news that came out on Wednesday. It was announced that the National Union for Stage Directors and Choreographers, the um, Stage Directors and Choreographers Society, has reached a new four-year deal with the Broadway League. Not only does this come with a lot of the traditional things we see in new agreements in terms of pay increases, health and pension benefit increases, all of those things. But it now also includes associate directors and associate choreographers. Previously, co-directors and co-choreographers were included in this agreement, uh, but associates were not. That is what was one of the big sticking points. So that is great for a lot of people who are below the line workers on Broadway shows, but one of the very few that were not covered uh, by union agreements. So very happy about that. If you want more information on the agreement, you can check it out in the show notes. And then this is not necessarily a recommendation, Grace, but it's something that we did want to uh, to talk about. But in an episode of Matthew Teague Miller's podcast, Carefully Taught, Broadway alum and I mean, really Broadway stalwart Aaron Lazar announced that he had been diagnosed with ALS um, a few years ago now, two years ago, hadn't really talked about it publicly as of this, although he has been working since then fairly tirelessly to raise awareness to ALS. He was, in fact, honored with a special award by the Golden West chapter of the ALS Association, I believe, last month. So you can listen to that podcast, but our thoughts are are with Aaron, who has been on Broadway and things like Bridges of Madison County, uh, Fun Home, did the L.A. revival of Secret Garden, um, has done so many different things. Mamma Mia, Oklahoma, Les Mis, uh, Little Night Music. So one of the best, somebody who is is always, whenever he's on stage, you know that he is going to turn in a wonderful performance. But ALS is a 
It's a terminal illness. It is not something that currently medical professionals have any way to combat, but we are sending our thoughts with him and uh, and everyone who loves him as he is getting ready to uh, to deal with uh, with everything that's coming down the pike for him. And then the last thing that I want to talk about here, Interscope Records and the Mean Girls film uh, have released the track list for the soundtrack. The soundtrack and the film will both be released on Friday, January 12th. I have tickets to go see it with some friends down here in Orlando. Complete listing is in the show notes if you want to check that out. But I do want to point out the songs that apparently were cut. They are It Roars, Where Do We Belong, Stupid With Love Reprise, Fearless, Stop the Reprise of What's Wrong With Me, Whose House Is This, More Is Better, The Reprise of Someone Gets Hurt, and Do This Thing. There's a few of those in there that I'm a little disappointed about, Grace. Some of them not disappointed about. I will say, though, that the the track list for Meet the Plastics only lists Renee Rapp as singing it. So I don't know if they cut the verses out for Gretchen and Karen or what that's all about. But it will be interesting. I have heard that they really got rid of a lot of the uh, the Katie songs, which makes sense based off of this track list and are focusing a little bit more on Regina, which Renee Rapp is a pretty big star at this point. So it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I've heard some pretty interesting things from people who have seen it so far, both positive and perhaps not as much. But overall, the the word on the street is very good about this. Not great, but but pretty good. So I will be undoubtedly listening to this as soon as I uh, see the movie in a couple weeks. I truly, I, I feel like I've tried to get on every single like pre-screening, like in-person New York City event and they all keep selling out and it's it's doing super well. So um, I'm excited to see everyone and um, Renee and Ali and like, I'm, I'm really, really pumped for it. I had feelings about the, the Mean Girls show on Broadway, but I this is a movie musical that will be different. So I'm excited to see whatever they've done with it. All right, everybody, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can follow me pretty much anywhere at BWB. Matt Grace, where can people find you? You can find me at It's Grace Hockey. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Thursday. We'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. 